Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli. My co-host here, Dave Popowich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Faisal. You? Ooh, Pepto Bismol's my friend. Well, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. Is that what you're referring to? A lot of volatility. My stomach is queasy. Keep your arms inside the ride at all times. All time. Okay, I'm not queasy. I'm not worried about <laughs> this, but a lot of people are. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. And so, when we have times like this, Dave, we we look to people, part of our extended team of professionals, to see what their views are on the economy, on the markets. There's when you look at from a Canadian lens. You don't always see all the opportunities mm-hmm. in the world, so we need more of a, a global lens on this one. Yeah, and you know, it's also good to get perspective, Faisal, in my opinion, on uh, the markets are, are forward-looking, right? And people forget that, so we get caught up in the emotion when the markets are actually looking out six months, and this is why people get caught offside on their emotional decisions. So, and so I think not only do we look at the opportunities, but it would be a great... Um, perspective on where we think the markets are going to be going, right, versus where they are, because that's how the market is going to price this go-forward position. And to your point, we've got a terrific uh, guest with us today, part of our extended team of professionals, Robert Beauregard, who is the Chief Investment Officer at Global Alpha. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you both for inviting me. So we've we've given a bit of a setup there and hope we did some justice to, uh, you know, to to the environment right now. But being that you and your team have a global perspective on investing, I think where I'd love to start is to get your opinion, uh, Rob, as to uh, sort of where we where we are at this point in in the global cycle, and then we can talk a little bit about where uh, you know where we think we're going. But give us your take on where we are right now. Well, you know, if we uh, if we were to really remove the last two years, 2020, 2021 as extraordinary years, not only from, you know, most countries um, imposing some sorts of uh, lockdowns and, you know, the supply chain issues, and go back maybe to how do we compare to 2019, I would say we're kind of probably in the sixth, uh, six, seven inning of an economic cycle if you remove those two years. Um You've seen um, the last uh, not only two years, but, you know, really started from the global financial crisis in 2008, you know, an extraordinary uh, response by central banks around the world, rates going to zero. And we're kind of going back not only to a more normal situation compared to 2021, but from a more liquidity perspective, probably even, you know, removing some of the this liquidity we've been putting in the market since uh, 2008, 2009. So, you know, uh, but overall, probably six, seven innings, recessions are inevitable. They're not always synchronized though. And um, we're probably not this year, we don't see one, but you know, the market right now is probably saying we'll get uh, a recession probably sometimes next year, maybe into the next year, but it might be a very different recessions than the recessions we were used in the past. Would you like to expand on that, Rob, in regards to when you say different type of recession? What what do you mean by that? Well, you know, as, as we see right now, we have the lowest uh, unemployment rates on record, not only in Canada, it's true in the US, it's true in Japan. It's uh, even true in Europe, which, uh, you know, has been, you know, certainly structurally higher unemployment rates. 
and I don't think that uh, we're going to, um, you know, have a recession with uh, massive uh, layoffs and, you know, a lot of people being unemployed. Um you know, between the baby boomers uh, going on to retirement or or retire, you know, retiring early, uh, and the reshoring, nearshoring that uh, we've been talking about, and certainly getting a uh, accelerated now with uh, with not only global tensions but with the impact of COVID, making supply chains more robust. This just in time. I think the un- the employment market will remain strong. So you know when people are have jobs, they normally continue to spend. So it might be what is uh, probably uh, a recession, a shallow recession. Some. Uh, but nothing like we've seen, let's say, in the 1980s or even early 90s. What You, you made the comment also, Rob, that uh, it's not necessarily, recessions won't necessarily be synchronized here. Maybe walk us through a little bit and expand on that thought as well. Sure. So right now we talk a lot about inflation and our central banks, uh, you know, really need to fight it. But if we look globally, the inflation problem is is not uh, is not widespread. I mean, Canada, you know, the U.S. is very high uh, inflation. Uh, so it does the as the U.K. and uh, probably Canada, but the Japan is 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 still fighting a deflation. They've only had two months now of inflation above just slightly above two percent. So very far. France is is in the four to five percent. Um, so um, the fight, you know, to uh, on inflation by central banks will not necessarily be as aggressive everywhere, and we're starting to see this divergence. And um, that's really what I I had um, in mind when I talked about uh, not synchronized. Global growth has been relatively stable since the end of the Second World War. There's always something going wrong. You know, this volatility um, is nothing new. Um, wars, uh, inflation, deflation, recessions. I mean, I started, and you probably are a bit older than you guys, but in 97, when I started managing money, we had the Asian crisis, followed by long-term capital the year after the bubble, the tech crash, the financial and housing bubble, the financial crash, uh, the euro crises, COVID, now the war in Ukraine. Uh, so it's hard to navigate and, and stay the course. And You know, one thing, Rob, I, I find that as we get older, our resistance or ability to accept volatility decreases. And so I'll use the example in Calgary, Canada, you can get a snowfall at any point in time. And I remember saying, literally, this winter, this must be the coldest in, in history. And it wasn't. It wasn't even close to it. But it just felt like it. Right. Right. And so I think that's the, the reaction. When you're, when you're listening to the companies you're investing in with, when you look at these small, medium-sized companies, are they saying the same thing? Is this is the worst we've ever seen? Or are they looking at it as an optimistic point of view? What's the sentiment? of small, medium-sized companies that you're investing with with Global Alpha? Well, I would say the one thing that is quite new for many of them is is the uh, is the inflation. I mean, most of us have, uh, have, have grown up in, uh, you know, an environment where, 
inflation is going down or very low, rates are very low. So for many management teams, if you're not 50 and over, uh, you've never seen that kind of price rise. And uh, that certainly forces, uh, you know, to adjust your uh, operating model. But um, most of our companies have been around for a very long time, surprisingly. Um, we um, have, you know, I'll give you the example of a name in the portfolio called Rothschild. Well, if you go back and check, it's the original Rothschild family from, you know, the 17th or 18th century that financed the wars in Europe. I mean, Alexander, the CEO, is, uh, is the 17th generation Rothschild. So they've kind of seen uh, a few cycles before. Um, and quite a few of our companies have been around. I think we've got a Swiss company that's the second oldest uh, company listed in the world. So, um, but overall, we're, we're uh, certainly... Um, if anything, the COVID has forced many companies to very quickly uh, adjust their business models. And those who are still around are much stronger positioned today. And if you look at the earnings power of the same company today versus 2019, um, even with inflation, even with a slowdown, we might still see a stronger profit outlook than we saw in 2019. So, Rob, I'm, I'm a hockey fan here in Canada. When I was a child, I would go to these little convention or community centers and there would be a whole bunch of hockey cards that people would be selling on a table. And my job would be to go through each and every single one of these cards looking for the gem, the one that I want to buy that I think will go up in value and I can sell these hockey cards sometime in the future. I think as portfolio managers, we do the exact same thing when it comes to, to companies and opportunities. So let's start there. When you go through the opportunities in the world, what are you seeing? Is there opportunity and where would you see the opportunity be? Well, good question. Um, first of all, I mean, we've had quite a correction since, uh, you know, I guess since the beginning of the year, some markets are down uh, more than others. Uh, technology stocks, especially the unprofitable one, are down 50, 60, even more. Um, so where do we stand today? And and despite the, the correction, the S&P 500 is still selling at around 20 times earnings. And we're just going to start earnings season next week. And, and there's a very good chance that E part uh, gets downgraded. So when we look at uh, our space is global small cap, which is really anything below 10 billion globally in 23 developed markets. Well, that benchmark is now selling at the lowest it's, so it's been since, uh, since uh, 2009, March of 2009. We're talking 14 times earnings, uh, about eight times cash flow. And to give you a perspective, private equity funds, the KKR, Carlyle, Onyx have raised uh, billions of dollars to buy some of these companies and they're paying 14 times, 15 times cash flow on average. Um, over 2% yield and very low debt. So it's a very attractive setup if you think there's long-term growth. For us, we're not much of a macro as such. What we look for in our companies is, is big markets that are growing with, uh, so, you know, big market growing, there will be more than one winner. Um, and then once we get that, you know, if you buy at an attractive valuation with clear catalysts in the next, uh, you know, two to three years, 
I think you're going to get the kind of returns you, you want for your portfolio. But diversification is also very important. We never know where the next crisis will hit, what next country. So, I mean, um, our index is, is and our portfolio is very well diversified. So I think that's that's the key. Uh, index like the U.S. right now is tech dominated. In Canada, I mean, it's banks and oil. So you have to make really a sector call and not necessarily a company call. Whereas we can, we have 11,000 companies to choose from when we build our portfolio. It's really making sure we have a true diversification. We have 69 companies today with in 17 countries, uh, in 12 different currencies, and 39 different industries. Um, so I think, you know, if you choose your, your spaces, whether right now, you know, agriculture is an interesting space to be. We have a nice exposure to agriculture and ag tech. Um, the um, outsourcing trend, we talk, talk about more collaboration trend, whether it's a office space, you know, going to flexible office versus having a fixed rent, but also going SaaS, going cloud. These are all trends that will continue. Um, and these are nice places to be exposed to. I want to ask, and Rick, in what's, what areas do you think we should kind of be very cautious about? Because in times like this, when there's economic volatility, there is market volatility, um, sometimes people go back to what they know, but what they know might be outdated. Um, and, or they might be going back in time on what, what they should be investing in when that's no longer going to be the place to be in the future. We as portfolio managers have to look out in the future and see where the opportunities are. So what areas do you feel that investors or maybe your own portfolio at Global Alpha is saying, you know what, it's just not worth the price where the economy is moving, the, the future of how, how consumers or, or companies are moving. Where should we walk away from? Well, I think the reflex right now would probably be to buy what worked in 2020, 2021. So a lot of these uh, non-profitable tech companies, it, it kind of reminds me 2000 when we had, you know, a correction starting in March. And we had a bit of a rebound over the summer and may almost came back by September and then the floor fell off. And that's when the market really rotated to um, maybe not, you know, two companies that had strong balance sheets were profitable. So I would say right now, trying to, you know, buy those stocks that, you know, have been big losers thinking, well, their value now, if they're not profitable, if they don't have a path to profitability, I would avoid them. Um, on the other end, I mean, some of the longer term trends uh, mentioned earlier, I think, uh, are are probably probably very interesting here. Whether it's uh, you know the anything that makes me, makes you more resilient, uh, companies with uh, high recurring revenues, I still am very optimistic about emerging markets. Not necessarily to buy companies in those emerging markets, but if you find companies that have a nice exposure to two billion new consumers in emerging markets, so trying to find companies also that you know have maybe a strong domestic market but a good presence to to grow with. 2 billion consumers that are getting wealthier in these markets uh, is something I would do. But certainly stick with strong companies, probably companies with pricing power that uh, can um, you know, withstand uh, high inflation. Is uh, 
is uh, and and certainly um, high recurring revenues. If the labor content is lower, the better, because again, there is a tightness in this market, and we'll see inflation from wages. Rob, there's a thesis out there as we go through an economic slowdown. You mentioned sixth or seventh inning of the game, and there may be a recession next year or the year after. In times like that, larger companies with big cash sitting in the bank account look at small companies and say, it's time to not organically grow, but let's start buying out some companies. Is that thesis still valid today? Do you think larger companies or companies in general be buying out a lot more smaller companies? Because that's where a big jump in the return comes in when you're looking at a small cap portfolio. Uh, Buyouts are huge opportunities. Do you see that as still an opportunity over the next 12, 24 months? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, more than ever now with rates going back up, those PE funds that raised uh, money, um, you know, in the last two years, they've got to put it to work. Um, we already had a record year for m last year. I think uh, that the cycle is not over, but you're absolutely correct. And this is what happened between 2000 and 2010. I'm looking here at the returns for that 10-year period. Uh, you know, including the tech crash and the global financial crisis. If you had owned a small cap versus an S&P or NASDAQ over those 10 years, you would have uh, had a return, like positive return. Not not great, but, uh, you know, during those 10 years that were tough, uh, you'd be up about 6% a year, whereas the NASDAQ over that period was about down 6% per year. So if you make the total return, it's 70% up versus 50% down owning the NASDAQ for 10 years. Even the S&P, if you had held it for those 10 years, you were down 27% if you had bought the S&P on Jan 1st of 2000 and, and sold it at the end of 2010. So I see a lot more. Um, M&A already this year, two of our top holdings got acquired. Our top holding, uh, one of our top holdings was a waste management company in the UK. This is exactly the type of names that uh, I mentioned earlier, high recurring revenues, easy business to understand, and some inflation hedge because, you know, waste is a revenue for some of these waste companies like uh, selling recycled materials when you know, you have inflation is positive. So um, they got, you know, they got a bid from a PE firm. Uh, another one is a salmon farm in Norway that got uh, acquired by its largest competitor. Uh, and we'll see a lot more, I think, as, as the year progresses. Uh, but you're right, it's a great space to be in. Rob, we're going to have to wrap it up there. I want to thank you for not just your input on where we see the global economy right now and some of the differences, but where the opportunities are. We appreciate you joining us today. I really appreciate. We have a weekly comment. Uh, it's on our website. Uh, maybe you could put the link. Uh, every comment we've written since 08 is on the site. So, I mean, if you want uh, to know what we think, uh, countries we visit, various thematic, um, you might find uh, uh, a fun read to, to go to our website. It is Terrific. a great read. I read it all the time. Yeah. Fantastic. We will definitely... Put that link up for those who want it, can reach out to us, and we'll be happy to share that with our viewers and listeners. Um, We've got an upcoming seminar talking about not only opportunities, but how do you put all of this stuff that's happening in the world and still have the retirement you want? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, July 19th, 7 p.m., live online. You need to register for this, so go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. 
Thanks for joining us for another edition of uh, More Than Money on 770 CHQR. On behalf of Faisal, myself, Dave, we look forward to chatting with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.